and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Let's on the Decks. This is the show where we explore the mechanics of the music industry through intimate conversations on creativity and biography episodes exploring the lives of iconic artists. Over the past two years, I have researched and documented the career and life journeys of some of music's most successful women, with the intention of helping you understand how they got to where they got to and what lessons you can take forward into your own life. This is the first Hot Girl History episode of season five, and I'm kicking it off with a group who Queen Latifah says completely changed the game for women in hip hop. They sold out arenas and really were the first women to do so. Salt and Pepper, a group with two women, a DJ and a male producer, Herbie. This episode will explore what they taught me about happy accidents. Let's go. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Going. We are fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. On the 28th of March in 1966, a young girl named Cheryl was born to Barbara James, a bank manager in Brooklyn, New York. Meanwhile, in Kingston, Jamaica, Sandra Denton was living with her grandma. Sandra moved to Queens in New York when she was six years old. Her parents had actually gone over a couple of years before to set up the foundations for their new life in America. Cheryl would go on to be known as Salt, Sandra to be Pepper. Before they began rapping or working in hip-hop, the pair met while studying to be nurses at Queensborough Community College, which is in Queens, New York. Sandra had been performing since she was little, but her early love musically as a teenager was rock music. She used to listen to a lot of ACDC and just kind of rock out. So she was a young creative. But if you'd met either of them at nursing college, you would never have guessed what they would go on to be. Cheryl and Sandra became really close friends, and they both got a job as telesales assistants while at nursing college. You get the sense that they were just regular but very playful young girls. It was through meeting a young creative called Herbie that they began spending more time in musical spaces. Herbie wanted to build a career in music and was already experimenting with music production. He'd had the idea to feature women on his beats rather than men, as was the done thing in the early days of hip-hop. This was initially for a college project, as he was studying record production. The first two women he wanted to work with fell through. And then the second two also fell through. He was talking to the new girl he was seeing and her best friend about it, and they said, um, try us. And that was the start of Salt and Pepper. At the time, Herbie was interning at a recording studio, so he would sneak Sandra and Cheryl in after hours, and the three of them would record their demo material there not really with a plan of what they do with it. As well as being a dab hand producer and a sneaky intern, Herbie was connected. He had a friend named Marley Marl, who happened to be one of the biggest radio DJs in the States at that time. Herbie sent Marley the first solo track they'd created, which was called The Showstopper. And Marley was like, this is cool. He started playing it on the radio. A record label heard it, signed the track and distributed it. And that scored Salt and Pepper their first Billboard charting single. All I remember is shaking, shaking, shaking in my boots, in my boots, literally. <laughs> and I was just rapping, and I, I remember it like forgetting lyrics. I totally blanked out in the middle of the performance and went from one part of the rhyme to like the end of the rhyme. <laughs> and Pepper shot me a look like, like, what are you doing? Okay, all right, it was her that forgot look. <laughs> I'm thinking it was me. Yeah, it was her. Honey, I was on point with my... <laughs> that was Cheryl and Sandra talking about their first performance. They were terrified, but there was a determination in them and people liked them. 
In that sense, I think they were a little bit like Lil Nas X today. General opinion was that they'd be a one-hit wonder, but they were focused and they kept coming with the hits. They recruited a third member, a DJ called Latoya, who was also a rarity in being one of the few female DJs in New York at the time. Unfortunately, Latoya's time with the group was cut short as the tumult of Cheryl's relationship with Herbie and his fidelity issues caused some jealousy between them. Not healthy for a group dynamic. And as is important, I think, to call out, this was Herbie's downfall within the group. He wasn't good at protecting them emotionally. Hip-hop artists, particularly at that time, were very integrated with their DJs. The DJ was as important as the artist in hyping up the crowd and energising the performance. But the group wanted to keep as an all-female outlet. And so after some looking, they discovered a 15-year-old Dee Dee Jones. Dee Dee had learned how to DJ from her boyfriend and was beyond excited to link with Salt and Pepper. She came to be known as Spinderella and completed the lineup of Salt and Pepper. Cheryl, aka Salt, Sandra, aka Pepper, Herbie, the producer and manager, and Spinderella, the DJ. We didn't even like that record. It was so dumb. And so we were like, okay, we added Push It to our show. And the crowd was like, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> we got a hit record here. In the group's string of happy accidents, a significant one came in 1987, when a DJ picked up the B-side to their single, Tramp, and created possibly the most lasting and iconic salt and pepper single of all time. His remix of Push It reached number two in the UK and sold platinum. It told the world salt and pepper were going nowhere and certified their brand of pop, hip hop. Their sense of self-assurance and fun that was trademark salt and pepper really came through in that song. And their follow-up album, Assault with a Deadly Pepper, went certified gold. That featured another enduring track. Let's talk about sex, baby. This was in 1991, just over three years after Push It. The group remained popular despite not smashing the hits out. Their tracks endured and stayed in people's minds. Salt and Pepper never struggled. It was like a train ride to success. Mm-hmm. It never stopped international traveling. The album which followed, very unnecessary, ended up being the best-selling album by a female rap act ever. It featured, what a man, what a man, what a man. I don't know if it really sounded like that, <laughs> The track What A Man, the collab with the R&B group in Vogue. But more critically for the lives of the artists, it came at a time when they realised they weren't making the kind of money they should be. Shoot was a single that became a game-changing song for Salt and Pepper because Cheryl and Sandra wrote it and found the beat. As the manager and lead producer of the group, Herbie had really been responsible for dividing up the pie, so to speak, and until this point, the girls fronting the group weren't making very much at all. They recut the pie and made sure at this point that they secured their bags. Being involved in the writing was critical in order for them to do this. They won a Grammy and signed a new deal with a label called Red Ant. It was big bucks for the duo, a little less for Dee Dee, which has continued to cause tension between the three girls. On to one unhappy accident. Unfortunately for the group, by the time their album was ready to come out, Red Ant, the label, went bankrupt and therefore there was no budget to promote the record. They decided to tour to try and keep the energy up, but they went from touring arenas to struggling to fill clubs. And I just went home and I had another baby and I just lived a normal life and raised my family with my husband. And then I got bored. (laughs) (laughs) bored. (laughs) So I said this was going to be an episode in Happy Accidents. And that's because unlike many of the great women in music, Salt and Pepper weren't classically trained. They didn't have focused mindsets on making it in the industry. Not initially, anyway. 
they generally learned their initial skill sets through people they were dating or hanging out with. But there are still things we can take away from them. The first being the power of friendship and female bonds. The boys came and went, and various other people in their lives, but Cheryl and Sandra had a bond that's lasted their entire life and career. They've been able to work together really brilliantly and maintain not just a friendship, but something beyond that. Secondly, to secure your bag, don't just be the artist. Get writing credits, get production credits. If you want to make the money, honey, that's what you got to do. And finally, have fun. When you see them in an interview reflecting, their career feels light. It feels fun. And there were trials. But when you look at Salt and Pepper, you realize it's very possible to have a successful career without being super intense with it. So thanks, Salt and Pepper. And thank you guys for listening and have a great week. And then, and then <laughs> we, did a, we did a verse um, where we said we go Not together like, like Salt and Pepper. And people started calling us Salt and Pepper. So we was like, like, yes, that's and we are the yin and the yang you know it's so ironic we're so much alike in so many ways but, but then we we're the total opposite. extreme opposite so we go at it how you many know? fights did y'all get on yeah, y'all had to get on we had no fist fights, fights. No, right. let me tell you why because people call her the bruiser I am no fool <laughs> <laughs> what up Lex Surprise, good women with destiny.